0: I think um, most of the Japanese fans, you know, who made up the overwhelming majority of the crowd, uh, you know, expected a knockout. It's what we've seen again and again and again in Inoue's career. You know, 21, 21 knockouts now in 24 career fights. So if a fight goes the distance, that is what is a surprise. Um, you know, most of the uh, predictions that were made were a knockout within six rounds. So the fact that it almost doubled that length really surprised a lot of people those of course placing bets and those making predictions Mm -hmm. one thing that uh sort of was revealing among all the comments made by Inoue was the fact that he said how tired he was after the fight and i think the fact that you kind of saw a mini version of a -a rope-a-dope strategy by uh um by butler at, at times where he he actually sort of you know hung around the ropes and let in a way sort of swing away i think he was trying to tire him out and then find his spots to counter punch maybe try to find a mistake and try to pop him and knock him out himself Uh, at least he was trying to tire him out you you could see that he was sort of he was stationed along the ropes so i think that was sort of a mini part of the overall strategy that joe gallagher and butler came up with welcome back You're listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Here at Japan Forward, we bring to our audience issues that are of real importance in and about Japan from the perspective and context of people inside of Japan as expressed or captured by them who truly understand the nuances of culture, issues, and current events.
1: In today's session, we're joined by sports writers Ed Odevin, and Colin Morrison, we talk about the Naoya Inoue versus Paul Butler bantamweight title unification fight. Let's listen in. Thank you to our listeners and followers for joining us again for our weekly Twitter space. Every week we see more people join us for this live conversation and appreciate it very much. Before we get started, let us introduce ourselves. For anybody unfamiliar with us, we started Japan Forward in 2017 with the goal to reach global audiences by sharing stories, opinions, and editorial content from Japan. Our mission, shared by our supporters and followers, is to raise awareness of the Japanese spirit, culture, and tradition. So we have a couple of people on the call today. Maybe we can start with Ed to give a quick introduction.
0: Hello, good evening, and uh, good day for people listening uh, different parts of the world. I'm the sports editor for Japan Forward and Sports Look, our web, our sports specific website. Name is Edo O'Devon. I've been uh, following boxing uh, pretty closely since the days of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, and watched a lot of Mike Tyson fights over the years when he was um, in his prime. My uncle used to videotape the game, the fights, and then I would have access to the videotapes when we couldn't see him live. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be discussing uh, Nalia Inoue and Paul Butler. And uh, thank you for joining.
1: Okay. Thanks, Ed. And we have our guest today, who is Colin Morrison, a veteran boxing and football sports writer, covering the sports for several years and a fan for even longer. Colin contributes to NYFights.com, SpitballingPod.com, and also our Japan Forward and Sports Look often covering major events, top fights and matches in both football and boxing. So check out his latest pieces. Welcome to the show, Colin.
2: Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to discussing the Anyway butler fight from yesterday and really looking forward to hearing Ed's comments having been actually ringside at the arena last night.
1: All right, let's just get straight into the Edward event. Could you tell us... And tell our listeners how how was the atmosphere leading up to to the main event.
0: The uh, the crowd was very captivated and very animated uh, during the warm up sessions, with um, you know the ringside um, announcer kind of you know hyping the fight and introducing former champions, and sort of just the way the just the way that goes with the enthusiasm with the you know the announcing and um, full house crowd. I was more in a auxiliary section quite far away with a lot of press. We were not ringside, but I mean it, you can still kind of see on the big screen TV and just from the angle looking, you know, high looking down and from the auxiliary, you know, area you can see really the just the the full uh, capacity crowd and just the overall atmosphere, good overall perspective
1: from from far away. It's must have been a great um, experience to see, I guess, a piece, another piece of history in Japanese sports and Japanese boxing with Inoue winning, um, I guess, the final belt in his division.
0: Yeah, it's a continuation of his incredible chapter of his career. Um, moving up, to, this is his third division now with a title and he's 19 consecutive title fight appearances. Uh, From light flyweight to super flyweight and now to bantamweight, you know, 24-0, 21 knockouts, including several technical knockouts. He's, you know, he's shown incredible speed, power, movement, you know, just overall uh, combination of punches and, you know, figuring out how to find holes in any defense that uh, the, the opponent brings. You know, last night was a continuation of
1: that. Colin, you're watching, um, well, I guess you could say you're away. (laughs) Ed was the home, and Colin, you're away, and you're covering the sport, covering the match from from where you are in Scotland. Um, Tell us what you think of the match.
2: Yes, um, I was able to watch the coverage, which was broadcast by ESPN Plus in America. So I followed along on their coverage. The boxing match itself was definitely a a clash of styles. You had one boxer who was very offensive, looking to attack all the time and create the knockout. You had another boxer, Butler, who wasn't wanting to get knocked out early. And then as the fight continued, he seemed to stick with that game plan. And it looked to me as if he was just wanting, in the end, to hear the final bell some kind of moral victory by going the distance with anyway, and, you know, he almost managed it, but anyway caught up with him in the 11th round with a, a startlingly good finish the, the type that we have came to expect from anyway. so it wasn't, you know, the most entertaining boxing match due to the fact that one boxer was in survival mode and the other boxer was just in sort of stalking mode and there were those moments in the fight as well where anyway was trying to get Butler to open up. You know, he was doing a a little bit of the old Roy Jones thing from years ago and a couple of alley shuffles and things like that, just trying to, you know, get Butler to throw some punches so he could then counter, um, but Butler wasn't having it. It was a very disciplined fight by Butler, um, but he didn't show much ambition to actually try and win. Um, He was just there, really, to protect himself. And, you know, I'm not going to criticise him too much for that because. You know, we've seen what Inoue can do. We've seen his power, so you know why would you want to get badly broken apart by a fighter who's just much better than you?
1: Yeah, on that point, I would like to say that most um, sporting sites, sports betting sites, were already riding off um, Butler. It was going to be a 90-1 um, victory for Inoue. And I think halfway through the fight, I think round six around seven, all the bets were already called off and that you couldn't put any more money on either Butler or um, Inoue. <laughs> um, and most of the comments that you'd see online is that this is, and you also pointed that out, Colin, was that this is survival mode. Um, Butler is not going to win, but he's just pro- probably trying to last till the final bell. And I wanted to know, was that the same kind of atmosphere that you felt in Saitama? Oh, not Saitama, sorry, Ariake? Were people thinking that, oh, this is just, um, you know, it's just any moment now, any it's going to end soon. What, what, what do you think about that end?
0: I think um, most of the Japanese fans, you know, who made up the overwhelming majority of the crowd, uh, you know, expected a knockout. It's what we've seen again and again and again in Inoue's career. You know, 21, 21 knockouts now and 24 career fights. So if a fight goes the distance, that is what is a surprise. Um, you know, most of the uh, predictions that were made were a knockout within six rounds. So the fact that it almost doubled that length really surprised a lot of people. Those, of course, placing bets and those making predictions. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, sort of was revealing among all the comments made by Inoue was the fact that he said how tired he was after the fight. And I think the fact that you kind of saw a mini version of a rope-a-dope strategy by, uh, um, by Butler at, at times where he, he actually sort of, you know, hung around the ropes and let Inoue sort of swing away. I think he was trying to tire him out and then find his spots to counterpunch, maybe try to find a mistake and try to pop him and knock him out himself. Uh, at least he was trying to tire him out. You, you could see that he was sort of, he was stationed along the ropes. So I think that was sort of a mini part of the overall strategy that
1: Joe Gallagher and Butler came up with. Yeah, I think Butler did mention that in a press conference that if they um, head towards the second half of the the match, that he's betting on himself that he can probably pull out a win. Um, But (laughs) as we know, the result and as... As people, as, and you've also mentioned, both mentioned it, just because of, you know, his like skills, combination, technique, I think it would have been very difficult for anybody in that position to fight back, you know.
2: Absolutely. Um, the thing, the other sort of aspect of Butler's strategy that was a little bit of a head scratcher, okay, he didn't want to get knocked out early, but he. The fact that he doesn't carry power himself. So the fact that he wasn't throwing any punches, how are you going to win any rounds? You can move around and look nice with fancy footwork keeping away from the opponent, but eventually you have to throw punches to try and, you know, claw back some of the rounds on the judge's scorecard. So it was just, you know, it really just did develop into a track meeting and Butler was running and trying to hear the final bell. And I guess, you know, it would have been a good story to tell in years to come that he went the distance with the monster in Japan.
1: Yeah, I think for me, watching the, the match and also reading um, the chatter online at the same time was that um, is, is, was, it was mostly a one sided battle. And if we were to score the rounds, um, some of them would have been. Like most of them would have been like 10 nines and I think a couple of them would have been 10 eights because of the lack of inactivity. Uh, but I felt that leading, I think the previous match, um, when Inoue won his previous belt, uh, Butler was quick to say, let's, you know, let's put this together. Let's fight within the year. And there was so much hype around that. Um, and, and it wasn't really the, the match that you are expecting. With with the way it was carried out Uh, i don't know how about you guys is that is what were you expecting a a highly technical fight between both fighters or um it is what it is
0: i I think uh i think we should have expected and we i expected personally um more of a defensive uh, posture from uh, butler i agree with colin and also you galileo that he wasn't um as aggressive as he needed to be to win enough points on the scorecard if the fight would have gone if it would have gone 12 rounds, he still wouldn't have had enough points to win the fight based on the judges' scores.
2: Yes, um I thought um you know just to just answer that point as well um he would he would be defensive, he would move around um because that's really his main asset. But I did think he would try and throw more counter-punches. Um, although it's easy easy for me to say that here. Um, I'm not right in front of Naoya anyway. But at times, you know, there is opportunities to counter him because he is throwing five or six punch combinations okay very quickly. But, you know, if, if that's the type of style of fight that you're going to bring to a matchup with anyway, you have to throw your counters and you have to do something to slow down anyway's offence something more than just moving away problem for the entire duration. So um, yeah. the, the only other thing I would say about Butler's strategy was I didn't think anyway he looked as sharp as I've seen him before yesterday and I know he, the first weigh-in he was slightly over then he had to come back and, and do it again. So I, I did wonder before the fight I, with all the talk of him moving up to the next weight class if he would be Slightly tight at the weight, and if it would making the one hundred and eighteen pounds, if that would take something away from him, and just let, just in terms of the amount of energy um, used in the fight, or the sort of as the fight was going on, he didn't seem to have as much energy. His footwork didn't look as sharp. He wasn't cutting off the ring as well as he normally does, so that enabled Butler to survive for much longer. But when he did finally catch up to him in the 11th round, you know, it was an explosion of energy and power. So he obviously, he did still have that in reserve. But it was just, you know, mm. he's normally, if you normally give him 95 out of 100, I would, I would give him, you know, 89 or 90 out of 100 for his showing yesterday. Just that little question mark in my head about is was his energy at optimum? Did the weight up to 118 hurt him a little bit? But now he's going to, st- he won the fight, and now he's going to step up to one hundred and twenty-two pounds super bantamweight. It looks like the right time for him to be doing that.
1: Yeah, just maybe that's where we can talk about next is that now, know has collected the four belts, and he's the undisputed champion at bantamweight. And he's he stated that with his convincing win against Butler, and he puts his he puts his name amongst like boxing greats like. Bernard Hopkins, B-Hop, and Canelo Alvarez, who've also won four, um, who've also held four simultaneous titles in their respective weight classes. So wh- where do we go now with the monster? What's your, he's twenty twenty-nine, he's 24-0 with, with 21 KO victories. So he's pretty much finished all his fights. And he's, and he's probably nearing his, his prime years. Um, wh- where does he go from now?
0: Well, um, I, think, I think he's already in his prime. I would say around age 26 or 27, probably the prime era has started um, till about probably 35, roughly a, roughly a seven, eight year stretch of time. Um, i think basically the next five years will determine uh, how far up on the legends list he'll climb he's already reached a certain level of legendary status by unifying all four belts you know this era is different than say 30 or 40 years 30 40 50 years ago when there are more champions but it sort of waters down the product a bit as well mm-hmm. um but you can't take away everybody he's fought he's beaten so you can't take away the accomplishments of anyway right. but also i think a lot of the people that would be good boxers are you know gravitating toward ufc or other sports so you got to kind of compare errors with different you know equations a little bit but i think he'll be pretty successful at the super bantamweight level uh i don't know if it'll be as a, much of an obliteration of the competition there will be some adjustments but his speed and his strength and his boxing iq and his father is a great trainer. I, th- I don't think you can take that out of the equation either. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be very helpful for him in maintaining, you know, that continuity as he looks to build the next chapter of his career.
1: Colin, you were about to say something.
2: Well, um, just to follow up what Ed said there, I would I would agree with that. He's definitely in his prime right now, um, stepping up to super bantamweight at one hundred and twenty-two pounds. There are a couple of unified champions in that division. Um, Talking about the four belts. So we have Stephen Fulton of USA who has WBC and WBO. He is 21-0 with eight knockouts, although he's rumoured to be going up to featherweight. So if he does that, his belts will become vacant. You also have a fighter from Uzbekistan who is 11-0 with eight knockouts. A southpaw called... Murajon Akhmadaliev, he's a very fundamentally sound boxer. He holds the IBF and WBA versions at Super Bantamweight, and he's done that just in his first 11 pro fights. Um, He had a, a really detailed amateur career. So you kind of get the idea of what the challenges of the elite fighters at Super Bantamweight will present. You have Fulton, who throws a lot of punches, He's very slick and skillful. He's good at boxing off of the back foot. And um Aliyev, as I mentioned, um, solid amateur pedigree, uh, southpaw. So that, that presents or can present its own problems. Then um, there's also, you know, numerous other challenges there. Good boxers hanging around in that division. Lewis Neri, you know, he's banned from boxing in Japan. If anyone anyway, could face him, it would have to be somewhere else. Ronnie Rios, as at... Of an ASEAN, um Zolani Kete, veteran now, but he's still ranked pretty highly by most of the governing bodies. So there will be um, decent challenges at £122 for Inoue.
1: I think that what I'll be watching out for going forward with Inoue is how many fights does he accept overseas? He's built his career and most of his dominant wins have been all in Japan. Um, especially last night and that's been a comment that's been made um, often about Inoue is that he doesn't seem to fight overseas too often Um, so hoping that he can again silence his critics and take some more fights overseas and win those convincingly and I think people will really start to notice him more Um, but you know he was ranked pound for pound number one a couple of months ago. And now he's the undisputed bantamweight champion. I think there's still more records to break and more, much more history to to write. I think it's an exciting time for Japanese boxing and boxing in general because this um, happens happens once in a while. Um, but it's good to see it happen in, in the modern era.
2: Absolutely. Um, just to follow up with you saying about fighting more often overseas, I had I or I saw something um, the other day discussing the the strength of the Japanese yen against the other global currencies. So there is a chance that not only anyway, maybe some of the other Japanese boxers will box more often overseas, um, just just in order to up their purses um, because of the economic situation. Um, I'm not an economist. so I don't know anything about that. I wasn't really aware of that aspect of it, but there was um, it was a Asian boxing um, site that was discussing that on Twitter the other day. I thought it was quite interesting.
0: One one thing uh, one thing I came across related to that point, not about the currency, but about overseas fighting, is uh, one one prominent American boxing journalist, Steve Kim was uh sharing on Twitter the fact he had been in touch with Bob Aram, longtime top-ranked boxing, you know, promoter, president, etc. And uh according to Kim, Aram said that Inoue will fight at least once in the United States next year. That'll be huge. And I'd like to follow up with another point though about the, you know, the observation about boxing and um like a lot of, some people don't know about Inoue or don't you know don't have much overseas knowledge of him. People based in the United States, Europe, wherever. Um, I think sometimes um, the the promoters and the sports TV and pay per view handlers should be more under the scrutiny and more under criticism for having a a fight of this magnitude on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this should be a weekend type of showcase event. Of course, it might be competing with the World Cup right now, but Mm. But still, like ideally speaking, you know, people are in the middle of their this in this beginning of their work week. It's not really the ideal time to have a fight of this magnitude, in my opinion
1: mm. yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think his other fights too with Donair and another another one too was there, like Wednesday, Wednesday night and Thursday night, Japan time. Um, definitely, and it's also like japan time friendly, which is quite um. What is it? It's difficult for like North North American time zones, and also for Colin. I think it, it didn't. It wasn't that bad for you, right? It was like midnight-ish. Uh, oh, midnight, if midday, midnight. Yeah, local time here that came on, so that's
2: absolutely perfect for the European market. Really, um, the North American market that you mentioned. Yeah, they they need to get up very early to watch it. Um, I know a lot of them did. There was a lot of comments on Twitter. Obviously, ESPN Plus. Was the sort of main English language broadcaster, if you like. So that was the one I watched, Um, and and the American commentators were very, very critical of Paul Butler's performance.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that goes to it. That and this is um, just trying to recall um, a a promoter, a contact that I know of in these states when it comes to fights. Is that um, they say there's a market for like big guys, like big muscular strong beefy um, you know dudes who just want to beat up each other and that's why it's always difficult to promote like light lighter fighters and smaller fighters in especially in northern america where the images has to be like you know these killers and i think you can see that um that's also quite consistent with like mixed martial arts um, a lot of like, the lower divisions have been um, are not so popular they're not prom- promoting like, lower divisions, smaller divisions as main events. And most of that market has been shifting to Asia with 1FC. But still, they're still struggling to break out of Asia. And I think that's that's just a unique market with Japanese boxing, with many Japanese boxers who, you know, who are in the smaller, in the lighter weight divisions. It's always going to be a challenge to, to promote that. So... That's a fair point.
2: I've heard that before as well, you know, certain factions of boxing fan base saying they're not interested in anything under, you know, welterweight, 147 pounds, which is absolutely ridiculous because if you like boxing, surely you like all the weight classes. And mm-hmm. if you like boxing, surely you want to see the best fighters. A lot of them are in the lightweight classes. If you like boxing, you appreciate a skillful boxing match. The skill level in the lighter weight classes is phenomenal. The speed is phenomenal. And you get a fair share of knockouts. So I, I don't, I honestly, don't understand the attitude. But you were right to bring that up because it does exist.
1: Yeah, I think there was a big movement or the big change that happened was when a lot of like South American fighters were fighting like Asian fighters, especially like, the Philippines, because they were like similar body types and weight divisions. And there were lots of legends born from that, from and lots of rivalries born from that, um, from that weight class so you know it's probably the new we'll see if asia can deliver more champions in this in this uh, weight class area or division and that can you know collect more belts as you know did or dominate the weight class i think it'll be interesting all right i think yeah we've spoken for about 30 minutes maybe we can wrap it up here any last comments? Um, between you guys, or any like trivia or facts, or anything you'd like to point out before we close up?
2: Um, no, nothing, nothing, no trivia facts or anything. Just um, I'm looking forward to seeing the next chapter. For anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does at 122 pounds. Um, in the comment from Aram about him fighting once a year in the United States—that you know—that should be happening because he does have a Co-promotional deal with Arum's company Top Rank. When they signed that deal, that was always going to be the plan. And he did have a couple of fights in Las Vegas under that deal. Um, I think the pandemic kind of took the wheels off of that. So hopefully, from next year moving forward, he, he will be, you know, fight once a year in the states. And anytime he wants to come and fight in the in the European market, the UK, he's more than welcome.
0: But I think. Uh... I think for the fans, it was good to actually see a fight that almost went the distance. For uh, Inouye the mm-hmm. fact that it's such a rarity in his career up until this point, uh, I think it—you know—it created a fun kind of ending chapter for his uh, bantamweight portion of his career, mm-hmm. where you know everyone expected a knockout, but it was like, okay, when is it going to happen? Is it the third round? Is it the fourth? Is it the fifth? No, not yet. Mm-hmm. Seventh, eighth, ninth. Okay, is this actually going to be as uh, by determined by a decision? And he just, he sort of, it looked like he almost like leaped off the, off to his uh, stool before the 11th round. And he had an extra jump in his step and he was almost like sprinting in that as the first few seconds of that round went, yeah. I, I don't know what his father said to him, but he might've fired him up, you know, Hey, get the knockout now. It just seemed like, he, you know, after a couple of really defensive rounds where, you know, he was sort of trying to, trying to, um, entice, uh, Butler to start throwing punches, you know, his arms were out and he was sort of like even bobbing his head toward him. And, you know, Hey, here's your target. Come after it. You know, like that kind of uh, expression. But, uh, the 11th round was, uh, was short only a minute, and nine seconds, but, um, it was very, um, very aggressive and very fast. And it, you know, it really put a, put a nice exclamation point on the fight for his fans.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. Those um, is you right? It's a mixture of different things. Like, is he really gonna get a knockout, or is this gonna go to decision? When is it gonna happen, or is it? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> so I think that was that was a good. Um, it's just yeah, you can't miss every. You can't miss any minute of the of in fight. I think that's what it comes down to. Anyway, so Ed. Colin, thank you for your time in speaking today. I know Ed, you've, you've put together a really good article on Sports Look, not just covering uh, Inoue's victory and the different moments around that, but you've also put um, some coverage for Butler, who put up you know a, a good as good as good as fight as anyone can can against Inoue, Um and wasn't knocked out early, which is which is something to be I guess proud of um and uh and that's available on sports look so definitely people need to get that and I also know that um, colin you've put some some something together as well um so maybe the readers the listeners can have a quick look and um, see how and compare your notes and compare your analysis of the match i think um yeah it's going to be an exciting time for japanese boxing and boxing in general um, and lastly, again, um, I asked earlier, but again, before the before we wrap up, do you have any announcements or anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Maybe we go to at first.
0: I'd like to share uh, just a quick analysis of um, how I would, if I was a, a teacher grading the fight on a final, like a final exam for a semester at a university or a high school, I would have given Inoue about an eighty-five to 85 to 90% range score and i i would have judged butler around 80 percent so above average but not great Inoue had a very good fight and butler had a good fight there were moments where Inoue was great and but there were moments where butler was very good he just wasn't great and uh, please continue to follow coverage on sports look and japan forward thank you i would just finish
2: by saying congratulations to Naoya anyway a undisputed champion at Bantamweight. He also won the World Boxing Super Series tournament in that weight class and uh, the Ring Magazine belt. So he's effectively done everything you can at Bantamweight. Um, Sensational boxer, number one or two in the world, pound for pound. And looking forward to seeing what he does in the Super Bantamweight division. And just to echo Ed, there's loads of great coverage over on Sports Look, Japan Forward, Um, for for the readers plenty of good articles on various sports so get over there and have a read thank you
1: all right so please follow ed and colin on twitter look out for their articles on japan sports look and um (laughs) what is it nyfights.com sweetballingpod.com for colin and yes (laughs) send them positive vibes like their like the articles share their articles on twitter facebook wherever you can get the word out and listeners thank you again for joining us today follow japan forward on twitter instagram and facebook we also have a youtube channel and this twitter space will be distributed on spotify and apple music so make sure you subscribe to that as well at japan forward we're looking for contributors and writers get in contact with us if you want to submit a written piece or if there's any other skill set that you have that you think would add value to our vision, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We'll try to do this again next week, so keep an eye out on Twitter for the announcement. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night, good evening, good morning, wherever you are.
0: Thank you for listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information regarding our podcast and other news on Japan. Catch you next time.